Today, I'm going to give you 10 suggestions for dental team members to be categorically great. And we begin our podcast right there. Computers are live. Mixers up. Levels are good. Equalizers good. Ready channels one and two. Mike is live in three, two, one, roll it. Welcome listeners to the My Practice My Business podcast, where we teach dentists and their teams how to reclaim forgotten profitability in dentistry with our clinical business of dentistry training. And now the host of our show, the clinical director at My Practice My Business, Dr. Rob Thorup. We've all experienced these statements uh, at one time or another in our careers. I'm the front office, and I don't do instruments. Uh, another one, don't we have cleaning people to clean the office? <laughs> How about this one? I'm an assistant. I don't do treatment plans or anything front office. And uh, then there's this one. No, that's not my job. Ask so-and-so to do it. I'm not comfortable with that. <laughs> and then the last one, that's what you hired so-and-so to do. That's not going to work for me. Okay, we all could add to this list of what team members, including us docs, say to avoid doing hard things and never blooming where we're planted, never exceeding beyond categorically average. We term this category failure because we all know if you are not increasing in knowledge, skills, and ability, you truly are slowly in reverse. However, there is good that can come out of this because for every failure in category, we also see opportunity as leaders to help our teams become great again. Dental offices are light years, I mean light years, ahead of medical offices when it comes to customer service. Medical offices have zero recall. I have yet to find one unless you're uh, in one of those uh, offices where you're paying for concierge services in medicine, I have never seen one uh, with uh, any kind of uh, recall. They hardly recognize you when you enter the door. They don't call you by name. Uh, please have a seat. Thank you. Okay. As, as a new patient, they honestly make you feel like they are doing you a service by seeing you. And the list goes on and on. But what about your patients in your dental practice? How many times have I seen the doc or staff really not engage in conversation when the patient slash client sits in the reception area? Have you ever seen an auxiliary front office member or office manager walk around the front, engage with the patients who enter the front office and recognize the patient in the reception area? My favorite is the doc with the lowered, non-eye-contacting head drop while walking past the patients. I know because I've so been there. Some days I just don't want to talk to anybody, okay? So that's me, but I try to not do that 95% of the time, okay? I don't do it anymore, hardly at all, and neither should you. That's actually a human being sitting out there getting ready to share their income with you in one form or another, respect them as such. Those patients are there financially supporting you, doc, and you, dental team members, because 
They like you and your office. They trust you to deliver exceptional dental care. They could go somewhere else if they don't receive an experience from a categorically great office. They want to talk. They want you to recognize them. They want you to say hi to them. They want you to come out and chit-chat with them. Shoot, I'll sometimes we, we have movies playing out in the front there. I'll just go plop down on a couch and say, hey, can I join you for five minutes? I got a five-minute break. And they love that. So here are 10 things that will help you become categorically great in the eyes of your patients. One, avoid the full speed ahead nowhere office zones. You know the zones, the break room, the doctor cave, or my favorite place, the I'm invisible to everyone computer screen that keeps you in a trance, not realizing the patient's standing three feet away. I've seen staff pretending to be doing something on the computer even if they are doing something. I see the doc hide in their caves and the ever run and check my all-important cell phone break room. Docs, please use precious downtime to teach something new to your team or fine-tune a skill. Staff, do a well check on a patient from the day before or fill a hole in the schedule. I could list a bunch more ideas here, but you get the point. Two, Increase your situational awareness. If there is a piece of garbage on the floor, pick it up. If instruments are piling up, do some sterilization. Situational awareness means keeping your eyes open, scanning constantly to look for things to do, not sitting there in a trance. Keep up on supplies and don't run out of stuff that requires you to look in the drawers and the cabinets. Take ownership of your office. It's everyone's responsibility. I don't want to scare any of you, but my team is cross-trained in every position as much as possible. We're like a special forces unit, uh, meaning we all have our areas of responsibility that we have to be accountable for. But if someone gets sick or busy or just missing for some reason, like chatting with other dental offices in our building or Facebooking in the bathroom, uh uh-huh, yeah, I know, (laughs) each of us can pick up the slack if that team member's missing. So own it. Three, vision plus determination equals success. I have taught this for years. Why is it most difficult for football teams to score in the red zone? Why is it? Because, and the red zone is at like 20 yard line in, all right, to the goal. Because the defense doesn't have to cover as much turf. That's why it's tough. And they make it up, they, or they make it more difficult for the offense to score when there's less zone to cover. If the offense is giving only 80%, or if in their minds they're thinking, eh, three points is pretty okay if we don't get seven, uh, then most of the time they fell to cross the end zone. It's a mind game. I would normally give you an example of this, but... I really don't want to bring up the last nine years BYU's played Utah in football, okay? That's quite the rivalry we have here in the state of Utah. It's still too soon for me, uh, but unfortunately for this Cougar alumni, those games are great examples of what I'm talking about. Ouch. We see it. They, your dental team, have to believe they have to see themselves being successful. They have to catch the vision. But Vision or faith by itself rarely works. They have to combine it with action or determination or giving it a 100% effort. That determination 
added with the practice's vision of what can be is where success happens. And failure rarely shows its ugly head. Give your job 100% all the time, even if it hurts. <laughs> Four, know your KPIs and exceed your monthly goals. I don't, I'm not talking about exceeding them by you know, landslides. Small incremental increases in your goals are increases in goals. I am so dumbfounded with the number of practices who have no idea what their numbers are. KPIs, or key point indicators, are statistical information regarding the practice. These are things like production totals, collection totals, top 10 procedures, top 20 procedures, active patients, and and, and more. I pay each of my team members a base hourly rate followed by a percentage of collections beyond our base direct operating costs for the practice. It truly is the best way to pay, and it incentivizes your team. Believe me, team, that you, you'll pay attention to these numbers when, they are ge- when you're given ownership of them and, and you're in control of your own financial destiny when you're paid like that. Docs, think about that. Think about it, staff. If staff is paid like the practice owner, like me, doesn't that give you ownership in all that you do? My team calls this forced ownership. <laughs> I call it being responsible adults, but they love being paid like this. The acronym of the word team has a different definition in my office. It doesn't stand for together, everyone accomplishes, accomplishes more. It stands for together, everyone achieves more. And why not? We reward good behavior and punish bad behavior. Bad behavior oftentimes equates to office laziness. Star players get this and love it. They love to be paid like this. Lazy employees don't last long in my practice, which is a good thing for everyone. Five, no one is above cleaning the toilet. Oh, sorry, doc. The other day, I dusted my own office. Why? Because it was dusty. Normally, my staff does the job, but they were busy, and nothing makes me happier than seeing a hygienist help turn over a room he or she didn't use, or doing sterilization to help out the busy assistants. What about someone in the front office doing that in the back? What about an assistant who can present treatment and finances, giving the front team members a break? If someone in your, in, in your team needs help, Get going. Become a team of one, not a team of, that's not my job. K6, keep it real. I always tell my patients and staff, my work is done done in and with the most professional standards, but my bedside manner is oftentimes due to my desire to be a stand-up comedian. That's right. Doing a stand-up comedy is on my bucket list. (laughs) Holy crap, I do have tons of hilarious material just waiting to be shared. Both things I've seen my team members do and things I've seen patients do. And I won't talk about things I've done. <laughs> okay. Anyway, treat your patients and, and each other like family, only without the arguing, right? <laughs> Good communications with each other on the team and with our patients is all anyone can ask for. Have team building events. One month, being a firearms instructor, I taught my team how to properly handle and secure in their homes any of their firearms. 
Then I took them to the gun range to make sure that the training I gave them translated to actual use of their firearms in a safe manner. Don't, don't worry, I, I made sure everyone bonus that month before going. I'm just kidding. Anyway, our next outing is a cooking class at Harmon's and then Disney World in, in winter. Building wholesome relationships uh, with your team builds bonds. Yeah, I did say Disney World. That's what happens when they hit their numbers, okay? They get a fun trip each year. Translating that to your patients, meaning your patients feeling those bonds between you and your team members, builds professionalism and trust. Happy staffs make happy patients, and professionalism follows. Invest in each other. It's that simple. Number seven. You are the practice's brand. Oftentimes, we hear people talk about company brands, definitions of brands, or our painted logos and websites and marketing documents, etc. Those things are not a company's brand. Your company's brand is simple. It's the promises you make to your patients in doing high-quality dentistry and the promises you make to each other on the team and fulfilling those promises. And most important, the delivery of those promises is critical. Logos, websites, literature, dress codes, grooming codes, those are all extensions of the brand. Delivering on the promise is what your patients talk about with each other. Making good on your promises to each other in work ethics and payroll is what people within the profession talk about amongst each other. Keep that brand honest and true. Eight, put the patient above all else. That's a pretty simple concept, right? Over-deliver on customer service. When they're in your operatory going numb, check on them often. Talk to them. Don't walk away. Don't go out and talk to each other as staff. Stay with your patient. Greet with a smile, a handshake, a hug. Know your patient's personalities. Know their lives. The dominant ones Get quick professional attention in a kind, loving way. Then we kick them out. (laughs) Your interpersonal and influencing personalities need your time, kindness, and understanding. Talk with them. And then there's your compliant personalities. You don't even enter the picture with them. Just go over the data and material composition with everything for those personalities. They love detail. That will make them happy. Bottom line, give all your patients that Disney experience. It's my excuse to vacation at Disneyland yearly to keep my customer service skills fine-tuned. I know I mention Disney Corp often, but think about it. Those Disney employees and managers have to impress all of us who go there 24-7, 365 days a year. They are pumping out their protocols every day. Their business model for customer service is definitely one, it's one to mimic And I strongly feel that all of us should attend Disney University at some point in our careers. What a great place to go. Earlier is better. (laughs) I don't just go to Disney entities to observe uh, and learn from their customer service. I also allow my inner child to sneak out and have fun. So (laughs) these are things that we should pick up on early in our careers. But there's no time like now to learn. Number nine, run on time. (laughs) Being late to work is rude and disrespectful to everyone you work with, including your, the, the patient, obviously. Nothing shows more respect than an employee who is early, prepares for the day, says good morning and means it. If you party on the weeknight, you are asking for trouble. 
eat properly, get the rest you need, and, and be prepared for the day. If you're a working mom or a single parent, I just, God bless you. I always work with my, my, my team members who fall into those categories because they do have a tough job. So I just ask you to do your best, and we're like family, so we support each other. We all have circumstances to deal with, and we should give our team members latitude, real latitude that they need. But I also have expectations from my team members to honestly do their best. The unfortunate truth is business is business, and some employers are not as forgiving as others. Just don't let your tardiness become a badge of honor or you're going to be working somewhere else. I can promise you that. What do you, what do you think that employee reference is going to sound like if you get fired because of tardiness? Uh, it's going to be like, well, of course I would hire my fired em- former employee back so they can drive us all nuts by being late every day again. <laughs> I love those phone calls that we get from time to time. You know, it's like... Uh, former employees of ours will put us down as a reference. And believe it or not, even if they had problems with our office, I still talk them up and give them, uh, give them a good uh, reference in hopes that they'll change their pattern and behavior at the next office they work at. That's important to do too. Nobody's perfect and maybe they'll be a better fit somewhere else. Number 10, do your best. I had an incredible woodshop teacher in junior high school and above his desk was a sign that read, If it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. The bar is continually rising in dentistry, folks, and our patients know it. Employees need to be willing to accept change. Having the desire to be better today than you were yesterday is critical if you're going to be an asset to your dental employer and, Doc, if you're going to be an asset to your your patients. I hired an employee that knew nothing about dentistry when she started. I mean nothing. (laughs) But she was one of the fastest learners I have ever seen in my career. One night I talked with her father, who I knew pretty well, and that's how she kind of got the job. And it's always dangerous hiring those people, right? But he he expressed, uh, I, I expressed my gratitude for, to him, for him and his wife raising such a wonderful daughter and how quick she learned the industry. And he told me she would watch and study procedures on YouTube at night after work. She Googled the products that we use each day and read all she could about them. Oh, that's doing your best from the start as an employee. No wonder she learned so fast. Think about that one. What a great idea to when you have a new hire who doesn't know much or a new hire who's been trained but still doesn't know much, have them do that. Google, you can learn anything on Google. Shoot, Dr. Google will tell our patients everything that they don't need to know or is a falsehood too. So be careful where you send them. But you can pick up such wonderful information on Google. That's a great place to send our team. Well, lead by example, folks. Many of you who have come to our seminars or who have heard me speak know that I always teach the dentist owner, they're the CEO and, and, and it, of the typical doctor-owned practice. You are the CEO of your company. And leadership starts from the top down. Whether you're a new hire or the CEO, you have the ability of being categorically great. These 10 suggestions are by no means the, the only magical things to do to be amazing. 
but they're a great start. Take ownership of what you do. Bloom where you're planted. Being the best at what you do only requires minor course corrections of doing what's right all the time. And on those days that you fell, and we all fell, just get back on course and do it with a smile. Thank you so much for tuning into the My Practice, My Business podcast. You can find additional podcasts you may have missed that will help you with your dental practice at Apple iTunes Podcasts. And remember to become a subscriber to our podcast. Many of you have asked how to help support the My Practice, My Business podcast. If you have enjoyed the program and information you received today, the best way to help is to leave us a five-star review. Thanks again for allowing us to be a part of your day.